Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Heidi Ulrich, and here is a bit about Heidi. So Heidi is a wife, mother, grandmother, aunt, friend, caregiver, realtor, motivational speaker, teacher, hot chocolate bomb maker, and podcaster. Heidi is still deciding what she wants to be when she grows up. I think we're all doing that. Heidi has been married since 1992 to Christopher, the love of her life. She has three children, age ranging from 21 to 28. Two of her children are married now and has hosted six foreign exchange students whom she now claims as her own children. She loves spending Friday nights or any other time with her grandbabies. Other hours of the day, she's recording great inspiring interviews for her Lemonade Stand podcast, shopping for bargains, traveling with her family, lunch dates with friends, serving and helping others, going to concerts and writing either in her journal, notes to friends, or her own motivational speeches. Heidi is is a recovering why mirror and is currently learning the art of positive thinking. And without further ado, please welcome Heidi Allridge to GEMS Podcast. Hello, thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you. I am super pumped to have this conversation with you, Heidi. Um, Talking with you behind the scenes briefly was amazing. And now we get to know how to elevate happiness, deep dive into your past and how it's brought you to where you are and just really glow up with some lemonade. (laughs) I love that. It sounds like a great plan. Yeah, yeah. I um, started the Lemonade Stand podcast back in actually 1999 as a radio talk show. I know, kind of crazy, huh? It was a radio talk show in 1999. I did it for a year and then took a break for 20 years and started again in 2020 as a podcast. And I've gone back and found those guests from 20 years ago that I interviewed and I got a little update from them. And then I found new guests. And so I've been fortunate and blessed and so grateful to meet amazing, inspiring people that come on Heidi's Lemonade Stand to share their lemon to lemonade experience of why they're doing what they do and the trauma and problems or challenges they had, their lemon that uh, makes them doing what they're doing now, their lemonade. So it's been amazing and such a gift to be able to experience that. Wow, I'm just in awe because you were able to find the people from 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. A lot of them have moved on and some have actually died. But yeah, it's been amazing to reconnect and and uh, get their update of what's happened the past 20 years as well, you know, and and they've had more lemons or they've had life experiences that they're willing to share again. And it's been a beautiful thing. I've only reconnected with about uh, 15 old old past, you know, interviews, but I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to find people. So I'm excited to be able to reconnect with more. But in the meantime, I've got all these new interviews. I've interviewed about 170 new people. So that's been amazing as well. 
That is super amazing. And out of the people that you've reconnected with, the 15, what has been the most exciting update so far? Can you share that with us? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, a lot of them have, like I said, gone on to still have more problems and more things, but a couple of them have been authors that were that were pretty well known now, but they've gone on to become more well known. And so that's been exciting to reconnect with them and find out, you know, more challenges they've had with writing more books and becoming more famous. So it's been good. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of good stuff. Do you have a dream person that you inspire to interview on um, Heidi's Lemonade Stand? Ooh, that is such a good question. I have been so honored to meet the just ordinary, amazing people that I get to meet. And I've been able to meet um, some more famous, you know, well-known people as well, actors or, or authors. And that's been amazing. But what I find is just the basic, you know, guy next door kind of person that's dealt with something and overcome it and how they've started a foundation or now they do coaching or now they help other people or, or things like that has just been such a gift. But I would probably say the person that has kind of inspired me was first to start the radio show was John Walsh. He was the one who started America's Most Wanted because his son was kidnapped and killed. And so he started that TV show. So he was the perfect lemon to lemonade story that inspired me back in 1999. And then again, now in 2020, there's one person that inspires me that I would love to talk to. And that is a, a young, young lady named Elizabeth Smart. She was um, living in Utah and was kidnapped when she was 14 and was held for nine months and horrible things happened to her. But once she got back from, she was able to be rescued. It was an amazing story. And um, her mom told her not to give that kidnapper one more day of her life. He's took nine months of your life. Don't give him one more day by like holding back and being small and not reaching your potential and living your life. And so that inspired me of, it's really easy when we have really hard things happen to us to just kind of shrivel up, like hide and just be miserable and kind of marinate in that, in that grief and that pain and that suffering. And what I've learned is if we can kind of come out of that and share our story, how we can uplift and inspire and strengthen other people who might be going through similar things. And so Elizabeth Smart's always been a young woman that's inspired me so much and I'd love to interview her. So that would be cool. But other than that, I'm amazed by the people I get to interview anyway. They're all just incredible, inspiring people that change my attitude and outlook every day. And that's what I said. I'm a recovering why mirror because it was natural. When I was younger, I would just always say, why me? When anything happened to me, you know, it would be like, why did this happen to me? And why did this happen to me? And why me? And why is this? And I've learned why not me? You know, why not? And I need to start looking at the good things in my life and saying, why me about that as well? You know, wow, why me? Why am I experiencing this amazing gift and this amazing experience? Why me? And so I've had to try to change my outlook and just appreciate everything I have and be grateful. And that's why I'm a recovering why mirror. <laughs> and my lemonade stand has definitely helped with that. That is amazing. And I want to challenge you to actually reach out to John Walsh and reach out to, is it Emily? 
Elizabeth Smart. Yeah, yeah a little Elizabeth. Elizabeth Smart. And just ask him, like, I did an episode, a solo episode called Shoot Your Shot, because if you don't reach out, you're not going to gain anything. Exactly. But if you do, they could either say yes or no. So, like, right. you don't have anything to lose, really. Right. And um, I, I totally <laughs> learned that. I do that every day with my podcast. And I, I shoot out a message or try to reach them and they don't respond, then I just think they're just thinking about it and they're just trying to find a day that works for them. That's why they haven't responded. So nobody's actually ever told me no. I just have a lot of no responses, <laughs> like, you know, crickets chirping. And that's okay because it just means they're thinking about it and they'll get back to me when they can. <laughs> that's my Absolutely. attitude about it. <laughs> so the big question I've been wanting to ask is you mentioned starting in the 90s and then yeah. you took a 20 year hiatus yeah what made you take a 20 year hiatus and then start out the blue oh good question so back in 1999 i was actually not a very happy person before that i was actually a very miserable person to the point where a friend said you know we would little do this little exercise together every morning you know work out and she just said i can't i can't do this anymore with you you're too negative you complain all the time and i just can't be around you anymore and that like woke me up i was like i don't want to be that person you know and as i was trying to kind of think like what am i doing wrong or why why am i so negative and i have every right to be negative because we're we're financially struggling and we're trying to have another baby and I, I wanted to have another baby so bad and I'd gone through like five or six years of infertility and I was really beating myself up like what's wrong with me and am I not good enough mom and all these things that happen it kind of spirals in your mind about like why you can't have another child that you want so desperately and that you really feel like you're missing in your life and so I was just in a bad place I was just really focused on myself and was a very miserable person and as this friend told me that, I started thinking, well, do other people have problems too? You know, and kind of started looking around. And that's when I noticed like John Walsh and America's Most Wanted and things that people in my neighborhood, people in my community. And I'm like, well, they've been through something really hard, but look what they're doing because of it. And while well, they've been through something challenging and traumatic, but look at them now. And so then I went and pitched the idea to a radio station. I said, we need, because back in the 90s, that was the only way to get stories out, you know, unless you were on Oprah. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to be my own Oprah on a radio show. <laughs> so um, I pitched my idea to the radio station and they're like, absolutely. Sounds like a fun idea. You could start next month. I know. I was so excited. So I started and I just found all my own guests and I did it for a year. But the reason I stopped was I ended up getting pregnant and miraculous. You know, I finally had that pregnancy that I wanted so desperately. And it was November and it was, she was due in two weeks. And I remember signing off that day going, you know what, my baby's due in two weeks. I'm gonna sign off. I'll be back. And two days later she was born. <laughs> so, and 20 years later, I got back on, on again. I just enjoyed raising her so much. I felt like it was a do-over. I felt like it was a second chance to enjoy motherhood again. My other kids were older and in school all day. And so now I had this newborn home and I just felt like it was my chance to try again and be a happier mom and be grateful and be in a little bit better headspace. 
And so I just enjoyed raising her for 20 years. And she just moved away to New York City and uh, where you live in Utah. So she moved across the whole country away from us by herself. And I'm like, pandemic hit. My daughter moved away. My other kids are older and having kids. And I'm just like, I need to revive the lemonade stand. I need to do this again. I need to help people be able to think differently and inspire them and uplift them. So started it again in 2020. And here we are. I love it. Going strong. I interview one to three people a day. Keeps me very busy. I have interviews stacked up to be edited and posted for the next several months now and uh, always looking for new people to interview. So it'll just keep going. It's going by itself right now. And I love it. It's been a great blessing in my life. And that's amazing because when you let go of the focus of just trying, 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 the miracle came into your life um, via the conception of your baby and then just being bold and courageous, just going to the radio station to really put that hope out there was the turning point because you were then focusing your energy in a positive way and removing that negative, that negativity. And whenever you remove that negativity and those old paradigm shifts, then you are allowing new um, things to take root. And from those roots, something beautiful um, is birth. And that brings us to segue into your five tips to elevate happiness. So I want you to talk about what are those five tips? And did you begin your elevation after you relaunched the lemonade stand or was it prior? Oh, good question again. Yes, thank you. Um, My tips to happiness started back in about 2010. So I did my radio show in 1992,000. And then I, you know, was raising my kids and doing the mom life stuff. And after about 10 years, started kind of wearing on me again, started getting depressed, started feeling like I was negative again and just struggling with some things. And so I took a training by a lady named Marcy Shimoff, who's actually, um, she's written the book, um, Happy for No Reason. She's also co-authored um, like Chicken Soup for the Soul. She's done The Secret all those popular things that came out back then and um, just learned so much from her and just elevated my life then. And then I just had to share all the stuff I learned. And so I started teaching back in 2011, kind of my happy habits and my happy class. And it's just been going since then. I just really enjoy it. And it's a good reminder to me because I can definitely get stuck. I have those days too, just like everybody. And they're good tips to, um, be able to just increase your happiness wherever you're at. And happiness doesn't mean like you're giddy, jumping around, smiling, laughing. Like it's just a it's just a way to be. It's like it's just more like a peaceful joy kind of feeling of just a way to just be. It's not I always thought happiness was a place I'd get to. I used to think, oh, when I graduate college, I'll be happy. When I build my dream house, I'll be happy. When I have my child, I'll be happy. And then those things happen and you're just like, yeah, well, okay. So how about maybe if I get a new car, I'll be happy. And you just want something else. Like you have those things that you think will make you happy and then you just want more. And so I thought, wait a minute, maybe that isn't happiness. Maybe that's not how you get happiness. What if you just are happy? What if you're just every day and not waiting for something to happen, not waiting to get something to be happy. And so that was a big change in my life of just waking up every day, just like, 
finding the good in every day. And so I have these kind of five quick tips that I teach to help kind of where we're at with happiness. You want me to just tell you those really quick? Yes, I want okay. you to elaborate on them. Okay. And then another challenge before you do that, before I forget, is I actually want you to interview the lady who left this impression on you because if it wasn't for her and the books and the class you took, then it wouldn't have led you to your five tips to elevate happiness. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. I'll reach out to her as well. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> You're challenging me and I love this. So this is what I do to people. I challenge them. I'm like, come on, here we go. Let's let's elevate. So this is great. Um, so my kind of my first tip, actually my tips spell the word gifts, G-I-F-T-S. So it's easy way to remember gifts. G-I-F-T-S, because I think it's a gift in our life to be able to increase our happiness. And so you can do it easily with these five things. So G for gifts is gratitude. That's a basic one, but it's like so needed and it's so important. And there's several ways you can get gratitude, several ways to increase your gratitude, several ways to be conscious of where you're at in your gratitude journey. But for me, I love to give an award every day. I have a little timer set on my phone that reminds me to give an award, which reminds me to look for things in my life. The best sunset, the best yard, the best dog hanging his head out the window of a car, you know, just whatever it is throughout the day that you see. And so as you're watching to give this award for the day, it's amazing your mindset and how your focus is on what am I going to give an award to today? And so I actually write it down every day what my award went to. And uh, it's a, it's been a fun thing. There's been a couple of days when I'm grasping, you know, for an award. It's just not been a good day. And I have to really think like, what what was the best thing today? And, and it, it works. It helps me kind of change that um, mind path of going spiraling down to this sad, hard day into being able to find something good that I can give an award for. So G is for gratitude. So give, give an award is one tip. You could do a gratitude journal, you know, write things down, however it works for you. There's lots of little hacks and tips of being able to have more gratitude, but that's very important to be able to elevate your happiness no matter what you're going through, is to be grateful. So I stands for image, like what you think about yourself, your body image and how you take care of yourself. So I is all about like yourself, your image. And I think as we take care of ourselves and listen to our body, that will increase our happiness. If our body says you need to drink more, you need to move more, you need to eat different, <laughs> you need to eat to fuel your body <laughs> instead of feeling heavy after you eat, things like that, that you can do to take care of your body, wash your face, wash your body, exercise, um, and then be nice, be kind to your body, embrace your body. So um, image is something really important and there's a lot of different tips and tricks to being able to increase that as well. But a lot of times, like I had to start because of how I was, well, I wasn't raised this way, but because of what I experienced in my youth with being bullied and being made fun of to the point where I wanted to take my own life because I felt I was so ugly, I would do people a favor not to have to look at me anymore. And so I still feel that that's still in my head. I still hear the bullies every day. That was 40 years ago, but I still hear it in my head every day. And so to be able to counteract that, 
I challenged myself to find things about myself and I wrote it on my mirror in like a, a little uh, dry erase marker, you know, on my mirror. And so it starts with, I like my fingernails, you know, so I had to go real basic. And then next day, my eyelashes, you know, like there was, it took a while to get the list <laughs> to be longer, but you know, sometimes you just have to start with the bare minimum things to get your mind to start appreciating your body and the amazing gift that it is and it, your health and just to take care of it. So I is for image, your body image and to take care of your, your body. It's all you got. So you got to enjoy it and hug it out. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Um, F stands for forgive. That's another huge one to help with your happiness because we think that forgiveness means that whatever that person did to us is okay. You know, like if we forgive them, then that means we excuse their bad behavior. And that's not it at all. When you forgive someone, you don't even have to tell them you forgive them. You don't even have to talk to them at all. And it's a beautiful thing because it frees you. Because when you're holding on to that hate and anger and not forgiving someone, it's only punishing you. It's only bringing down your soul. And it's a burden you have to carry that is a terrible pain. And you can just let it go. You can let it go. And it's so freeing. And it helps you be able to be more open to other people in your life when you're not hanging on to all that hate and carrying that baggage. And it's a beautiful release. Forgiveness is hard because we kind of, it messes with our head, you know, because we think that it will excuse behavior. But like I said, you don't even have to tell that person you forgive them. You just work through it in your own mind and free yourself from it. And it goes back to the Elizabeth Smart story I was telling you earlier about how she was able to forgive her captor that did that to her. Of course, she never went up to him and said, oh, I forgive you for all the horrible things you did to me as a little girl. She didn't have to do that. She had to just let it go in her own mind and not let it bring her down another day, not live with it and replay it over and over and over so that she could live her life. And so that was a very powerful message to me of like, if Elizabeth Smart can forgive the person that did those terrible things to her, then I should be able to forgive my neighbor or my child or my mom for the dumb stuff they did that made me hurt or upset. And the reason is, is usually people that you're closest to that you have to forgive the most because they're the ones that hurt you the most because you are in that relationship and kind of allow that to happen because of your closeness. And so it's something that doesn't help you or serve you if you hold on to that pain and that bad feeling. So anyway, forgiveness is huge and it's something that takes time, but it's worth it. And you'll be glad that you did because it'll free you. Um, so that's F, forgive. And T is for thoughts. Thoughts are a terrible thing too. Thoughts can just take us down a rabbit hole of a mess. Um, so one thing I've learned is to question my thoughts because just because I thought it doesn't mean it's true. And I used to think that it meant it was true. Well, I thought it, so it must be true. Why would I think that? And so to prove that, I now imagine in my mind when I have a bad thought, like a thought about myself or something like I'm so ugly and nobody wants to be around me and I'm not good enough and I can't do this or things like that that come into my head. And I picture my lawyer <laughs> and he's coming into a court of law and he's going to prove 
the thoughts that I'm saying are true or not. So he's going to be carrying in his briefcase or carrying in his boxes of evidence. What kind of evidence is he going to show about the thought? And as I sit there, I think, you know, that I'm ugly thoughtless, just use that, or I, I don't like my naturally curly hair or whatever it is, you know, that that's just something that you think of. Well, where's the proof? What's the lawyer going to use to prove that I'm ugly or that my naturally curly hair is, is funny looking or whatever? Like he doesn't have anything in his briefcase. He just has that I thought it. <laughs> that's all he has. And maybe by chance there might be somebody who made a comment like, oh yeah, your curly hair is ugly or whatever. Okay, so that's going to be his proof like that somebody's opinion. Well, that's not proof. That's not a fact. And so I've learned to now question my thoughts as if I was trying to prove them in a court of law and be able to show evidence of why this thought is true. And that has really changed my thinking a lot. And it's kept me more in reality. And it makes me so I'm not afraid to do things anymore. You know, like it's like I can get up and stand in front of this crowd. I don't care. You know, I'm not, they're not they're not judging me, you know? And, and in fact, there used to be a time when I'd sit and worry about what I was going to wear, you know, oh, I'm in front of this group and they're going to have to sit and look at me. And is my hair right? Is my outfit right? Like, am I distracting? Am I, do I look okay? And then I started realizing, well, they're not standing in their closet that morning worried about what they're going to wear. And I got to look at them the whole time, <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, I'm just going to get dressed and just go do this event and not worry about it anymore because they're not worried about what they're wearing in front of me. So it kind of helps just take things out of that kind of selfish view that the world revolves around you because it doesn't and helps you look at reality a little better. So we have to question our thoughts. That's what T stands for. Thoughts. Have good thoughts. And that's hard because we get what, how many more negative thoughts in a day than positive thoughts? And we believe the negative things about ourselves easier than the positive things. And so that's just a little hack to prove it then. Show me the proof on that terrible thought that you had. And then the last one is S, which is see everything as a gift. That again, can be a tough one because especially when we're in the moment, things don't seem like a gift at the time. And that's where Heidi's Lemonade Stand podcast is an amazing gift as well, because I just get to interview people that have gone through a tragedy and they can honestly say that they're grateful, that they wouldn't be where they are now. And they can see it as a gift in their life, that it was a necess necessary step to get them to where they are now. And it's just been an amazing experience to try to look at things as a gift, even the hard things, the things that come at us that we don't expect, the trials. And at the moment, you might have to grieve. You know, there might be a loss. There might be pain and suffering. And you have to grieve it. You have to feel those feelings and deal with that. I'm not saying to just skip the line on that. You've got to go through the process. But usually you can look back and see it as a gift. There was a point in my life where I said that I wanted to take my life and I was not a happy person and I couldn't see anything as a gift in that. I, I was miserable. I do see now I had a lot of friends and family support that kept me going each day of just like hang in there. Or I'm going to need to talk to you tomorrow and that would make it so I couldn't take my life that night because they needed to talk to me the next day or whatever weird thing it was in my head. 
that kept me going. And I can look back and be grateful for, for that experience because it, it made me stronger. It made me look at other people a different way. It made me embrace others and be able to see if they're okay. Are they struggling? Are they hurting? Are they being picked on? And so it made me kind of more aware of other people. So as we see things as a gift in our life, it will change our outlook and it will elevate our happiness as well. And one thing that has been powerful in my life was when I was a teenager, I was 16 years old and the police came to our door and told us that our dad had just taken his life. And that at the moment, of course, would be hard to see as a gift. But in my life, that really changed me to be able to go back to high school at 16 years old and walk down the hall and all of a sudden just see people, see people as, as people that it might be hurting as well. And I stopped thinking about myself and I thought, okay, who else might be feeling the way my dad was or the way I was and need a friend and need that support. And so that has been a gift in my life to be able to change me, to be able to look at other people and care for others and help them and support them and uplift them and encourage them or whatever it is just to hold on, hold on for one more day, one more minute, one more hour, whatever it is, but things change. So look at it as a gift, whatever it is in your life, and you'll see the blessings of it. So those wow. are my gifts. Thank you so much for sharing those gifts, Heidi, and just elaborating on them. And I can't even imagine losing your father at that young age um, because it is hard. Like, And I can honestly say I know how it feels. I lost my dad in 2020, but he passed to medical negligence. So it is still hard, but, you know, I see my gifts every day, um, as a new day, because each day you wake up, that's a gift to all of us, because there's someone that did not have the ability to wake up and see another day. So if you think about what you just um, broke down with the acronym gifts, and you think about each day that you wake up, it's like you're hitting that reset button and you get a chance to do it over. And that means that there's still purpose inside of you that needs to be pulled out because someone needs what you have inside of you. And you're the only person that can be that solution to that problem or innovate um, the idea that you have or et cetera. So I just really want to thank you for bringing that full circle. Like we talked about turning those lemons into lemonades. We talked about, you know, even though you may be on a hiatus or a break, that doesn't mean that your journey to connect with other people stops. It just means that you shifted gears for a bit and now you're able to reconnect once you recharge, refuel, and rejuvenate. And then all of that is part of elevating happiness. And Heidi, as we wind down, I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment. I think the biggest thing I can say, and it was my theme song when I was a teenager and for my radio show is just hold on, hold on for one more day. I really think we don't realize that things will change and they do. It's just like a roller coaster. You know, you wouldn't just sit on a roller coaster that goes straight. Yeah, it's going to go up and then it goes down. And when it goes up, it goes down again. That's life. We're going to just hold on for it. Hold on for the ride. We're going to have those smooth parts. We're going to have that really high highs and the low lows. And it's all part of the ride. So just hold on. You don't know. I wish somebody 
would have told my dad to just hold on for one more day. I think things would be really different if he could have just realized that in the moment he was in, it was hard and bad and he was struggling, but he he could have seen me graduate high school and get married and have children. And now he'd be a great grandpa and he'd be enjoying my grandchildren and so many beautiful, wonderful things in life that he missed out on because he couldn't hold on one more day. So I'm very passionate. Hang in there. Take it by a minute. Take it by an hour. But just keep hanging in there. I love that. And had I known you were going to say it was one of your theme songs, I was going to say, well, you should sing it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't sing. I listen to the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi, for our listeners and viewers that want to connect with you further, um, please plug your website and where you hang out on social media. It's always Heidi's Lemonade Stand. That's my website. It's my Facebook. It's my Instagram, Heidi's Lemonade Stand. It's where you can find me, email me, and let me hear your story. I'm so inspired by other people. So just come and find me. I can talk to any group and come and share my gifts and be able to share how to elevate happiness. So I just look forward to connecting with people. So reach out. I'd love to connect. So thank you. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast, Heidi Ulrich with Heidi's Lemonade Stand. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. Remember to subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. Until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go turn your lemons into some juicy lemonades. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor So please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.